1: Well hello, I'm David Freeman. With Is That Really in the Bible? I'm going through excuses Christians use for not keeping the Ten Commandments they will point to a verse in the Bible and they say, aha, this verse says this, and therefore we don't have to keep the Ten Commandments, the law of God. All right, the verse we're looking at today is Galatians 3 and verse 24. It says this, Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. And I believe how a lot of Christians look at this is that once we come to faith in Jesus Christ, we are no longer under the Ten Commandments. Now, question, what does it mean to be under the law? Well, the way I understand this is under the penalty of the law. In other words, if you break it, it claims your life. That's what it means to be under. It doesn't mean you don't have to obey it. It just means that if you're under the law, to be under the law is if you're under it and you break it, it claims your life and you need a savior, okay? Now, what a lot of Christians believe is this, that not to be under the law means I don't have to obey the Ten Commandments. That is totally incorrect. In fact, let's just blow that concept completely out of the water here. Let's take a look at Acts 5 and verse 32. And we are his witnesses of these things, and so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to them that obey him. Who does God give his Holy Spirit to? Uh, those who believe the law has been abolished. No, those who obey him. Hebrews 5 and verse 9. And being made perfect. Now this is speaking of Jesus here. He became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Who does Jesus promise the gift of eternal salvation? To all those that believe the law has been nailed to the cross. No, to all those that obey him. So, All right, so if you're thinking, okay, I don't have to keep the Ten Commandments, I've just blown that crazy idea totally out of the water. All right, let's go back to Galatians 3 and verse 24. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith, but after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. Now, was the Ten Commandments a schoolmaster to bring you to Christ? Well, in other words, we the laws of morality, a schoolmaster to, to lead you to Christ. There's only one way I can understand that, and that is this. If you break the law, the Ten Commandments, it claims your life. You realize that you are a sinner, and therefore you need Jesus. You need forgiveness. So in that sense, I can see how the moral law could, could lead one to Christ. Now, but, but what law are we talking about when we talk about the law was our schoolmaster to lead us to Christ. Well, there's four categories of law in the Bible. Number one, you had the moral law, which is the Ten Commandments. Number two, you had the cultural law. The cultural law included many laws like slavery, concerning sla- rules concerning slavery. And don't kid yourself in thinking that slavery still doesn't, doesn't exist today. If you want to see slavery, go visit a prison. That's the closest thing you're going to get to, to slavery at least the biblical model. But the biblical model of slavery was not commercialized as the African-American slave ship, no. No, the biblical model of slavery was that if you stole something, you could be sold as a slave until you paid it off. So it was a really effective type of slavery. So, you know, a lot of ignorant people will say, well, that Bible teaches slavery. They don't know what they're talking about. No, it was totally a different type of slavery. All right, third, you had the sanitary laws, which include things like, okay, God told Israel, if you go do number two, go outside the camp, dig a trench, and cover it up. Okay, cats know how to do this by nature, but human beings have to be told. All right, Uh, sanitary laws, food laws concerning clean and unclean meats. All right, you eat these. These are scavengers, don't eat them. These are clean meats meant for human consumption, they'll keep you healthy, okay? The scavengers will shorten your life, okay? So that's the sanitary laws. Fourth type of law was the sacrificial laws, which involved animal sacrifices. Now, Galatians 3 and verse 24, and let's read it again, wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. What law was a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ now again how a lot of Christians read this I'm, I'm gonna read this verse how a lot of Christians read it all right wherefore the moral law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith but after that faith has come we are no longer under the moral law now does that make any sense that once you come to Jesus Christ by faith, you no longer need morality. You no longer need the moral law. Does that make any sense? Nope, it doesn't make a bit of sense. But that's how I think a lot of Christians view that verse. Okay, what kind of a society can you expect to, have, to live in if there is no moral obligation to, to God's law? Well, the kind of society you live in would be a godless society, society an evil, lawless Society. So it doesn't make any sense to say, okay, once we come to faith in Jesus, we no longer need the moral law. That does not make, we no longer need the Ten Commandments. That does not make a bit of sense. Now we have to read the context of Galatians here. Let's drop back to Galatians 3 and verse 19. Wherefore then served the law, it was at it because of transgression till the seed should come, to whom the promise was made, and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Now, what law was added because of transgression? What law was added because people were sinning? Did God look down at man and say, Man, those people are sinning their butts off. I need to give them some law. Uh, that, that guy just cheated on his wife. I'm going to give him a law that says don't commit adultery. That guy just stole some. I'm going give to give him a law that says don't kill. No, that, that's, not, that's not the way it is, Okay since the creation of mankind put this in your pipe and smoke it since the creation of mankind moral law has existed did you know that you can go back and prove every one of the Ten Commandments existed before Exodus 20 yeah before they were actually written down you know by God's finger and given to Moses tables of stone Exodus 20 you can go back and prove every one of the Ten Commandments was in existence The example of Joseph and Potiphar's wife. We're talking about the Ten Commandments were there back then. This is Genesis 39 and verse 7. And after that time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, Lie with me. Wow, what a trashy woman. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look with me here. My master has no concern about anything in this house. And he put everything that he has in my hand. He is not greater in this house than I am, nor has he kept back anything from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Yeah, okay, here we are, back in Genesis 39, and, and he said, how can I sin against God? The moral law has existed, existed ever since the creation of mankind. What's also interesting is in Genesis 7 and verse 2. uh, This is a story of Noah Noah and the ark. Every clean beast you shall take to thee by seven, male and female, and of every beast that are not clean, two, male and female. Was Noah aware of the sanitary laws back then? Did the sanitary laws exist back then? Absolutely. The laws that govern man's morality... Have always existed since the creation of man. Let's go back to Galatians 3 and verse 19. Wherefore, the law served the law, it was added because of transgression till the seed should come, to whom the promise was made, and it was ordained by an angel in the hands of a mediator. What law was added because of sin? There's only one law that I can think of, and that is the sacrificial laws, animal sacrifices that all pointed to jesus christ now how how could i say that 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 the sacrificial system animal sacrifices all pointed to jesus christ you remember the story in john 1 and verse 29 the next day john sees jesus coming into him coming to him and said behold the lamb of god which takes away the sin of the world i'm not really sure how the holy spirit revealed this to john but it's an amazing it's rich in symbolism this scripture here the lamb of god what are we talking about when we talk about the Lamb? we're talking about the sacrificial lambs that were slaughtered under the animal sacrifices now the reason there are no animal sacrifices today is not the reason you think most people would say well because of jesus no that's not the answer Uh, The reason you don't tune in to world news and see the Jews over in Jerusalem offering animal sacrifices is because there is no temple and there is no priesthood. If a temple still existed and a priesthood, Levitical priesthood, still existed, you would still see animal sacrifices being given. Now, here's the thing. Once you came to Jesus, once you would come to Jesus in faith, you no longer have to participate in those animal sacrifices, okay? The, 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 the sacrificial system is theatrical. What do I mean by theatrical? Well, let me give you a little illustration here. Christmas season is very much theatrical, you know. Uh, now, I know it upsets people when I talk about Christmas is pagan, and, and, but, but you see, because it's theatrical, people it's it's more than just people saying I believe Jesus was born they swap gifts people give at Christmas time probably more than any other time of year people are with their families people are eating fine meals people are decorating their homes it's a spirit about Christmas you know people are putting a tree inside their house it's theatrical it's hands-on it's doing something and that's why it's so hard for people to give up something like that because they have so much invested in it because it's theatrical. It's something, it's not just something I say, it's something I do. Now, this the, the thing about the sacrificial system was it was theatrical. You didn't, you didn't just take your lamb and throw it at the priest and say, here, sacrifice that thing for me. Oh no, 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 no. It was hands-on, it was theatrical. And consider this, you got your little lamb. Got a picture here, back behind here, of a lamb. Cute, cute little lamb. Do you think you got attached to those things? Now again, Israel was an agrarian society. They had all kinds of flocks and herds of things, but do you think the children got attached to that cute little lamb? But you know you're a sinner, and you have to sacrifice a lamb. And you take that little lamb in your arms up there to the priest. And maybe it's sucking on your thumb as you take it up there. And the priest would help you. He would guide your hands with a knife as you thrust upward and slit the animal's throat. And blood has a certain sight to it. You know, blood is, it, it, it impacts us spiritually. You know, it has an impact. When you blood has a certain smell about it. And I just got a feeling that when you walked away from that sin offering, you, went, you You walked away with tears rolling down your face. You understood stood two things. Your whole family, and it was a com- community thing, your whole family was weeping because you knew without the shedding of blood there can be no forgiveness of sin and that this animal had to die because of my stupidity. Oh, it, ma- it was theatrical. It made an impact upon you. It really did. And you know, people are so passive today with with their... You know, well, hey, I'll, I'll go to church next Sunday and ask for forgiveness, you know. We sin, we all sin, I'm getting ready to sin right now. And, uh, you know, we, we, we don't take our sins seriously. I tell you, this system, the animal sacrifices, led people into a relationship with Jesus very quickly. It wasn't none of this, well, I'm old and about to kick the bucket and I'm gasping my last breath and uh, here I come, Jesus, I give my heart to the Lord. It was none of that. No, this system led people into conviction of their sins very quickly. And it all pointed to Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God that would take away our sins. Now, what's amazing is if you read Ezekiel chapter 40, 41, 42, 43, 44, 45, and 46, and 47, what you see is the kingdom of God is being established on this earth. And you have a vision of the temple. You have the outer court, the inner court. You have the north gate, the south gate. You have the And the glory of the Lord fills this new temple. And then you have, of all things, the altar. Once again, the altar. And Ezekiel 43 and verse 18 says this, And he said unto me, Son of man, thus says the Lord God, These are the ordinances of the altar in the day when they shall make it to offer burnt offerings their own, and to sprinkle blood their own. Now again, the question is why? Why would this sacrificial system be set up during the millennial reign of Jesus Christ on this earth? You know, that sort of blows people's mind because, you see, people have a disdain Basically, for all of God's law, especially when it comes to laws like animal sacrifices. I can't stand, oh God killing all those animals, I don't like that. I'm an animal lover. Well, look, I'm an animal lover. I got a cat that I love. His name is Renegade. You know, it's Sir Renegade. He is a bad tomcat. I love that cat. Loving my dog. Only got one left now. But, but now you look, I'm an animal lover. But, you know, it comes down to this with the animal sacrifice: either, either you die or the animal dies in your place. Take your pick. I mean, if you, if you, if you want to die, go ahead. Go ahead but but either, either you die or the animal dies in your place. Now, why would sacrificial laws start back when Christ returns? Well, there's a number of reasons. And the most important one is this. After the millennium, you're going to have something called the second resurrection where billions of people are going to be resurrected and given their first chance for salvation because they never had a chance here. I mean, if we go back and look at the history of mankind, the past 6,000 years, Mayans and and different cultures who offered their children for sacrifices, who killed their own children, sort of like we do today in America with abortion. Um, During the second resurrection, you're going to have Eastern religions, people resurrected, Hinduism, Buddhism, religions, of, who, like Africa, whose religion is voodoo, and they're going to have to learn the basics. And that is, without the shedding of blood, you can't be forgiven of your sin. Something has to die in order for you to be forgiven. And what better way to teach these pagan heathen people without God the basics? How do you teach them the basics? animal sacrifices. Now once these people come to Christ in faith, the real Lamb of God, they no no longer have to participate, they will no longer have to participate in animal sacrifices. It's a theatrical teaching tool where you go away from that experience of offering your Lamb touched to the core of your being and you know I am a dirty, filthy, rotten sinner that caused this All right, Galatians 3 and verse 19. Wherefore then, serve the law. It was added because of transgression till the seed should come to whom the promise was made and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. What law was added because of sin? Well, I believe the sacrificial laws, animal sacrifices that all pointed to Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God that would take away sin. Galatians 3 and verse 24, wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. The sacrificial laws led them to a point of accepting Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God that would take away the sins of the world. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under uh, under a schoolmaster. You know, again, this could not be talking about the moral law at all because it doesn't make any sense to read it like this. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under the laws of morality. Like I said, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, why? Once you come to Jesus Christ in faith, uh, why Why would you not have morality? That's the very thing that God is creating inside of mankind. A new creature in Christ. One that will submit to the law of God and allow God through the power of his Holy Spirit to create a new man. To create the characteristic of God in himself, in, in, in the new man. That's what God is doing through mankind. Alright, Hebrews 10 verse 8. Just notice this, above when he said sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and offerings for sin, thou wouldest not, neither has pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, lo, I come to do thy will, O God, he takes away the first that he may establish the second. Why did God take no pleasure in sacrificial offerings? We're going to get to that in just a second. Continuing on, Hebrews 10 verse 10, by the which We are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. And every priest standeth daily, ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which could never take away sin. Now there's your answer. Why did God not have any pleasure in these animal sacrifices? Well, because they could never truly take away sin. Animal sacrifices could not forgive you or take away your sins. That was not their purpose. The animal sacrifices. But it could sure teach a man a valuable lesson. And that is without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sin. And all of it pointed to Jesus Christ. All of it did. And there was not this lackadaisical attitude towards sin. Well, I'll just check in with the Lord later and ask for forgiveness. I'll go to church next Sunday and ask for forgiveness. No, 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 no. No. You were touched to the core of your being when you had to offer your lamb. And to realize, my stupidity caused the death of that little critter. Hebrews 10 and verse 12. But this man, speaking of Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sin forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Now, to be delivered from your sin, you've got to have three things. Number one, forgiveness of your past sins. Number two, a daily living high priest. Because even though we've received and we've repented of our sins, received the Spirit of God, we still make mistakes. And there are times that we have to go to God, our high priest, our Lamb of God, and say, God, let your blood cover my stupidity, my sin that I just committed. We've got to have a living high priest. The third thing, the third thing you've got to have to be delivered from your sin is God the Father and Christ the Son living on the inside of you. John 14, verse 23. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man loves me and keeps my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Man, you talk about a powerful concept. You know, we're going to move in we're going to move it. The Father and the Son says, we're going to move in and tabernacle with this human being. We're going to move inside. This is what you call real power. This is, in fact, this is what really is the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, if you want to know what the power of the Holy Spirit is, it's not jumping church pews and speaking in a gibberish that no one can understand. The real power of the Holy Spirit is when God the Father and Jesus the Son move inside your body, your temple. That's real power. Anyway, I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible, reminding you that God never gave a bad law.
0: Was there something wrong with the Ten Commandments? Were they weak legislation in the first place? Or did they somehow become obsolete with the passage of time? If, as some suppose, the time came for the Ten Commandments to be abolished, there must have been a reason for it. Order your free copy of Which of the Ten Commandments Did Jesus Repeal? Order by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. Also, check us out on the web at Is That dot Many people spend their whole life repeating the same old mistakes. What does it take to have good discernment and good judgment? It takes having the Spirit of God. But what many people overlook is the Spirit of God is not something that you are born with. Man was created incomplete, missing that spiritual element that would make him complete. The Bible clearly lays out the way to receive the Spirit of God. Learn the step-by-step process for receiving the Spirit of God. Order your free copy of Why You Need the Holy Spirit. Order by writing to Church of God, Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God, Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. Also, visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.org. This program has been paid for by the tithes and offerings of the Church of God Rocky Mount and friends of this ministry. If you have been challenged by listening to this program, then consider that a great blessing. You can visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net. It is the support of people like you that make this ministry possible. If you have been blessed by this understanding given to you today, then consider making a donation by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151.